Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and wherever you are in the world, welcome to Business Travel on the Fly with me, Julian Walker, and our esteemed guest today, Dr. Sean Drubravac, the internationally recognised thought leader, top-rated keynote speaker, economist, and New York Times best-selling author. Welcome, Sean. Great to be here, Julian. Thank you very much. And uh, I have to say, every time I introduce you, I feel more of an underachiever. But let's move on. Um, Sean is also our partner with the GBTA on the Global Business Travel Forecast, which reveals price projections and analysis for airfares, hotel rooms and cost per attendee, i.e. sort of meetings and events, uh, along with trends and tips to help organisations and their employees build a travel and events programme fit for the future. So what we're doing today is having an update on that, which appeared in uh, July. We published it in July last year. And so it's really, this is a scene setting for global travel forecasts and uncertainties, looking at rising costs and global labor shortages. We ended our report uh, predicting that sort of on average, airfares would probably rise by about 8.4%, hotel rates by 8.2% and car rental charges by 6.8% next year in 2023. So if we look at going into that, Sean, can you give us a view about the kind of global macroeconomic and geopolitical picture, Um, especially whether there's been an evolution from the sort of three key influences we predicted back in July, which was oil prices and the war in Ukraine, supply chain. Uh, impact and raw material costs and labour shortages. So which of these factors can dramatically shift the pricing outlook for business travel and and in what ways? So that's a long question. (laughs) I think those forces are still very much in play. Uh, Obviously, uh, oil prices and and in particular jet fuel costs are still high. Uh, It's important to remember that jet fuel is priced in US dollars. So uh, with the strong dollar that makes oil prices r- relatively more expensive for uh, for other countries, if, if their currency hasn't appreciated to the same extent that the U.S. dollar has. So that's a headwind for, for many countries uh, and obviously airlines that are operating in countries outside of the U.S. Uh, the, the geopolitical environment continues to be uh, quite un- uneven and, and quite uncertain. Uh, I do think that uh, business leaders are increasingly pessimistic and are uh, talking themselves into a recession. It does feel like uh, you know a recession becomes an inevitability because of the way business leaders are, are talking. So that's certainly a, a headwind for for travel generally. Uh, labor shortages continue to speak to continue to be an issue and that drives up the cost of of operating hotels and and also airlines uh, airlines haven't been able to bring back their really their full capacity in many markets because of labor shortages so that continues to be a headwind we've had very strong demand especially in the last few months with respect to travel and if if airlines and hotels aren't able to bring back their full capacity then that uh, strong demand matched with lower supply results in higher prices. Okay, and do you think that will carry through 2023 and into 2024 as well? I think it definitely carries into 2023. Uh, Obviously, we'll be updating this forecast in 2023, and we'll we'll take another look as uh, out another year to 2024 to see if some of those forces are still in play. Uh, it, it does feel like uh, as demand slows for the, the broader economy and as we potentially move into recession in certain markets, 
that might reduce some of the demand for you know for airline travel and hotel travel so that might uh, add in a little bit of cushion to bring those prices down somewhat uh, obviously a, a weaker economic environment might drive workers into the workforce so that might improve that that picture as well the labor markets are still extremely tight and it really doesn't look like in most markets there's any uh, letting up of of those forces but We'll, uh, you know, we'll get a better look of 2024 as we get a little bit closer. Certainly, I think those forces stay in play for 2023. It does look like uh, labor markets are going to remain tight. At uh, at least for now, de- demand is looking pretty strong. Indeed, and with that sort of meetings and events are a core element of business travel. Um, and we looked at cost per attendee events, uh, costs during. Um, the last forecast, and we were looking at they were saying 25% higher than in 2019, with a sort of projected rise on top of that of maybe another 7% next year. I mean, our own CWT meetings and events is seeing the highest levels of demand for some time, uh, fairly predictably, as people want to rush back. Do you think, is there anything that we should be looking into that and maybe seeing whether that price could actually increase as demand accelerates? or, Or do you think we're still around the same point? Uh, I think we're definitely still seeing extremely strong group booking and and group demand, and the pipeline for that still looks very strong. So many organizations that had held off holding uh, their meetings during the pandemic are are back, and they're bringing those meetings back in person. Uh, At the same time, you have personal gatherings, things like weddings, which are taking up hotel space and competing for, uh, for bookings. And then I think you also see a, a new dynamic where organizations that have moved into uh, re- remote workers and to virtual workers are looking to bring them together. Some organizations have completely gotten rid of their office space, and so it, it uh, there is natural to create an event, uh, if you will, a company event for them, and they'll bring them together for two or three days to do some brainstorming, maybe some strategic planning, just letting coworkers get to know each other in person, uh, obviously group dinners and other things like that. So all of that ends up producing new events and potentially more events than we've had in the past. So I do think uh, group bookings have, have been a tailwind this year, and probably that continues into 2023. Okay, excellent. Yeah, great. And and so with things not being an even keel, as it were, they're materialising differently around the world. We have, you know, notable um, dynamics in different parts of the world, say, you know, China restrictions lifting, UK and US inflation. We've just had the midterm elections in the US. Is, is there anything that you specifically think we should be looking to highlight or, or look out for um, as regards pricing going forwards? I, I think all of those Things are uh, are noteworthy. I mean, as you mentioned, definitely things are playing out very differently uh, across the uh, the world. Uh, China, for example, is still largely closed to uh, external visitors. Um, it does look like some of those restrictions are are starting to ease somewhat, but it has, at least for much of the last year, been primarily a domestic travel market, and and at times it has stuttered as different markets have gone into to lockdown. So I think uh, as long as, as China has relatively strict COVID policies, we will see uh, reduced 
international travel in and out of China. That obviously keeps down the the average fare that people are paying. Uh, Europe continues to contend with the war in Ukraine, and and that is a headwind, along with, in certain markets, extremely high inflationary rates, primarily driven by higher energy costs. So if you look at places like uh, you know, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, markets that are highly dependent upon Russian exports of, of energy. We've seen uh, significant rises in the inflationary pressures there. And those inflationary pressures mean that the, it, there's less money to spend on other things as you're spending more on food and energy costs, then you have less dollars to spend elsewhere, less money to spend elsewhere. And so um, the, those high inflationary pressures tend to erode some of the spending that might might go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And then in, in some markets, uh, again, you've seen very strong demand. You look at the U.S. and in September, we saw demand for hotels surpass pre-pandemic com- comparable months for the uh, second time. And you're seeing uh, RevPAR, for example, start to move ahead of 2019 for the first time. So uh, things are, have you know, really improved in places like the U.S. and and other markets. I think you're going to continue to see that uneven recovery in 2023, uh, despite perhaps a global slowdown. I think that some markets will continue to outperform others. Okay, and those are sort of pricing things. Do you think there are any regulatory changes that could maybe impact cost of transportation? Um, you know, and see for that. I mean, I'm interested at the moment. There's COP27 going on, and people are talking about carbon budgets. You know, similar to spend budgets, they seem to be gaining traction. So, do you think it's conceivable that you know the more progressive corporates who are really leaning into this would have clear carbon budgets for 2024 or 2023 even? I, I definitely think so. I mean, I already hear from business travelers that they're having to uh, choose between different trips, and they're going to have and they're having to uh, determine what the the uh, co- ultimately the carbon footprint of different trips are, and then they're picking those trips accordingly. So I I do think it is moving into the consciousness of business travelers, and in as you point out, Julian, in some cases. Uh, certain organizations are are really requiring it and creating frameworks in which these chip trips will be decided. And so, uh, on net, it probably means fewer trips because uh, business travelers are being more selective. I also think that just the the general impact of the pandemic has caused many travelers to be a bit more selective. Uh, business travelers that were historically road warriors and were were on the go you know, 100 nights uh, a year, 150 nights a year. Uh, They're becoming more selective on the trips that they take, perhaps not taking as many quite as they had in the past. Um, You know, in the the near term, a lot of consumer travel has made up for some of that uh, reduced business travel. But I think that will continue to to play a role as well as business travelers become a little more selective on the the trips that they take. Uh, As you noted, I certainly think that the sustainability goals and environmental goals of organizations will influence the the type of trips that are made. Mm-hmm. 
And along with that, I mean, we're seeing that in sort of 100% of our RFPs now. So it's definitely front of mind. But along with that, you know, uncertainty seems to be inevitable. So is there any advice you could give, say, corporate travel managers looking to reconcile that with the reality of their own budget planning? Well, I think that, uh, you know, uncertainty, especially when we think about the geopolitical uncertainty, that's not going away. Uh, so that's going to continue to be to, to be front of mind. You know, at the same time, though, we do see the uh, the booking window start, starting to open up a little bit. So businesses appear to be booking travel further in advance. So, so you know, we're getting some conflicting indicators there because it does look like uh, the willingness to book travel further out is an indication of of a little bit of optimism there, at least willingness that uh, you're not going to have to suddenly cancel a trip or or change a trip. Uh, when when it comes to to travel planners, I, you know I think y- you need to take a lot of these factors into uh, into mind, and and more than ever, those who are are booking travel and planning travel and thinking about their budgets are are taking many more forces into account than they have in the past. Yeah, a much more sort of complicated landscape, but thank you for that. Brilliant. Okay, um, we always like to sort of end up with a a kind of slightly different type of question, if I may. So I'd like to put you on the spot a little bit, and rather than look on perhaps economics or forward-looking planning, what's the coolest invention or kind of mobility device or business travel tech that you've seen that you think could have perhaps the most positive impact or serve as a model or even precipitate a sea change in travel? I think there's actually a lot happening on the innovation front when it comes to uh, what we're seeing in travel and hospitality. Uh, as we were just talking about, there's a tremendous amount happening around sus- sustainability and how we might uh, travel more sustainable. And so there, there's a, a lot of innovations happening in that space. Uh, there continues to be pushes in autonomy and that uh, technology is maturing. So we're certainly seeing um, some, some interesting things happen there and, and I, a broadening, I think, of things like, you know, autonomous uh, vehicles. Flying cars continues to occupy our, our, our minds. And so there's a, a several, I think, very interesting um, plays there looking at where flying cars, you know, might go. Uh, we're, we're still probably years away from some of these technologies coming fully to fruition, but there's definitely a lot of, of companies trying to figure it out and see where that, you know, where that goes. Um, and, and I think there's a, still a, you know, kind of a, a play around the, the hyperloop. I've seen some companies trying to create, uh, you know, essentially planes without wings, the ability to move quickly uh, over ground and, and uh, you know, almost uh, train-like experience in a hyperloop-influenced approach. So there, there's a lot of things we're looking at um, with respect to the, the future of travel. I think there's a lot happening. And again, many of these are probably uh, years away, but uh, I, I think it... Uh, just highlights that uh, this industry is extremely innovative and there's still a significant amount of, of innovation to come that the, the way we think about travel today probably won't be the way that we think about travel 
maybe even 10 or, or, or 20 years from now. Um, you know, we, I just mentioned autonomous vehicles. And if you think about some of the labor shortages we're seeing, certainly uh, autonomous vehicles might be able to help ease some of the, those, uh, those constraints. And I think that could be a really interesting approach. And it, it means entirely new service models potentially for, for hotels or resorts. Maybe they're, they uh, try moving their customers in very different ways. So I, I'm excited about the future of travel and the, the future of hospitality. I'm excited to see what the industry brings. Uh, me too. And thank you for joining us. That's great, great insights. And looking forward, certainly for next year, we're not seeing any changes to the average prices that we were looking for or forecasting. But certainly with the future uh, like that, there's plenty of opportunity for change. So thank you very much, Sean. As always, a tremendous pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for joining us today. Glad to be with you, Julian. Always enjoy talking with you as well. Thank you. Um, so uh, that's pretty much it for today. To find out more about the future of travel and work from experts like Sean around the world, please do subscribe to Business Travel on the Fly, uh, which you can download from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or indeed wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, but for now, it's adieu from the team here. Until we next meet on the fly. Mm-hmm.